Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. God is with you in your pain. He is only a cry away. When you catch a glimpse of how God is working and you begin to see answers to prayer, it makes you want to prioritize prayer even more in your life. But sometimes pain is the prompt that prioritizes prayer. Hello, and welcome to episode 33 of the Untangling Life podcast. I'm Rachel, and this episode is number six in the series called Why Pray? Why pray when it seems like there is just no time to pray? I tried to find a quote I've heard about prayer and busyness. <laughs> I didn't find it, but the message of the quote was that I don't believe we can be so busy there is no time to pray. In fact, busy seasons are an indication that it's no time not to pray. Right now, our family is in a demanding season with events on the calendar. It's the end of the school year, and I have four kiddos winding down the year. This month, we have four end-of-the-year concerts for their music. My daughter's birthday was a few days ago. My husband's birthday is on the 29th. My 18-year-old has a graduation ceremony and her grad party coming up, as well as all the the end-of-the-year events. Three of our five kids living at home are working jobs. My husband and I host a church small group once a week in our home, and we both work full-time jobs. I hate to use the word busy, but life is extra busy this month. Enter the topic of prayer. How do you live a life of prayer when the current season is very full? Romans 12, 12, one of my favorite verses on prayer, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, one that many of us know, pray without ceasing. So when we know that the Bible teaches us as Christians that prioritizing prayer is a priority, then our heart's desire should be to prioritize prayer. But it can feel so complicated. How do we live a life that prioritizes prayer? There's a drink that many people love, and well, maybe you're one of those people. You love coffee. Whether it's a frozen caramel latte or a simple cup of black coffee, or maybe like me, you just need a little bit of cream in your coffee. And whether it's dark roast or blonde or medium Colombian or Vietnamese blend, coffee is your thing. I've seen t-shirts and mugs with a little saying for coffee lovers of this nature. It's pretty simple. It says, but first coffee. What is this shirt really saying? It's saying, I'm a coffee lover. You give me some coffee in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening and I'll do whatever is needed. It says, coffee propels me into motion. It moves me, it fills me, it fuels me to start the day. I would say to you that all of this is what I've found to be true about prayer. Prayer is good in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. It's good anytime. Prayer propels me into motion. 
prayer moves me. It fills me. It fuels me to start the day and continue the day. It places my heart at rest at night and in the middle of the night. In this podcast, I want to share with you my own personal experience in this area in hopes that it will help you. You ready? We're headed to Psalm 119 today. Psalm 119 is known as the longest psalm in the Bible. At 176 verses, the song was written as an acrostic poem, meaning each set of verses begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. While the entire psalm is a tribute to God's word, the section I want to focus on today is focused on prayer. Let's read Psalm 119 verses 145 through 152. I will call with all my heart, answer me, Lord, and I will obey your decrees. I call out to you, save me, and I will keep your statutes. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Hear my voice in accordance with your love. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your laws. Those who devise wicked schemes are near, but they are far from your law. Yet you are near, Lord, and all your commands are true. Long ago, I learned from you statutes that you established them to last forever. The writer begins this section with, I call with all my heart. Answer me, Lord. Using all of our hearts doesn't seem possible when life has strung us out too far with few margins. I'm not a fan of living a busy, distracted life at any time. In fact, I'm reading a book by Bob Goff called Undistracted. But we all know that there are times when we have less control over our schedule than others. It's a natural part of the beginning and end of seasons. It's part of family living. The psalmist is letting God know that he is all the way in this prayer. He is surrendered and in need, and he would treasure an answer. Some of you may be listening to the podcast for the first time. At the time of this recording, 1,232 days have passed since my precious daughter Taylor left us for heaven. In the years prior to her deepest suffering, I learned to lean on God for daily living. I didn't have enough strength to get through a day on my own, and through prayer, I found the hope, courage, and love from the Lord that I needed to get through a day. I often clung to Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There are those words the psalmist echoes. I call with all my heart. But when Taylor grew more ill and her suffering worsened, the urgency of my cries to the Lord deepened. I believe that's why the psalmist repeats this phrase in Psalm 119. Verse 145 says, I call with all my heart. Answer me, Lord. But then verse 146 repeats, I call out to you. The repetitive nature of the verses indicates an insistence and persistence. He adds, save me. Can you hear the despair in his voice? Can you feel his pleas of desperation? That's where I was in Taylor's suffering towards the end of her life. God, save her. The uncontrolled seizures scrambled her brain without warning and caused her midsection to thrust resulting in violent vomiting. All of that kept me on my knees before the Lord. I begged for him to take Taylor home because her little body had been so ravaged by disease that it was too far gone for earthly good. I knew her healing would be in heaven. 
Her symptoms propelled me to continually intercede for her before the throne of heaven. I'm not even sure that I'm describing the depth of my cries to God at that time. It's hard to convey the distress of a mother's heart. You know, it's not 100% known who wrote Psalm 119. There are many authors to individual songs in the book of Psalms, and some begin with the name of the writer disclosed. But for Psalm 119, many believe David was the author. Regardless of who wrote the song, it is written in first person. This indicates that Psalm 119 was not written by a group or a choir, but written by a single person, and this individual obviously felt the pain of life. In verse 147, he says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. In the season of Taylor's end of life that I described to you a little while ago, I was rising early every day for multiple reasons. One, because I have other children and life had to keep moving. There was still school to attend, lunches to be made, dishes washed, laundry done. So I would get up early before all the mandatory tasks of the day and blanket myself on the couch with my Bible, reading and praying and crying out for help. Secondly, Taylor was in pain and the medication alarm would sound, spurring me to grab the next dose and try to keep her as comfortable as we could. Maybe you've been there or you're there now in a place of the valley of the shadow of death. Perhaps it's ahead and the shadow is casting over you now. You wake up early because of the pain of a loved one or maybe because of your own pain. So many people in the world wake up in pain. It's a reminder to surrender to the Lord, isn't it? For some of you, the pain keeps you awake at night. I want you to know that God is with you in your pain. He is only a cry away. When you catch a glimpse of how God is working and you begin to see answers to prayer, it makes you want to prioritize prayer even more in your life. But sometimes pain is the prompt that prioritizes prayer. Years upon years, Taylor's disease caused her not to sleep at night. I slept very lightly for those years. The old phrase, sleeping with one eye open, certainly applied to me during that season. The psalmist reminds us what to do. He says, My eyes stay open through the watches in the night, that I may meditate on your promises. Recently, I listened to a podcast interview with Johnny Erickson Tata, whose ministry is focused on sharing hope in hardship. As a quadriplegic, she has encouraged thousands upon thousands of people to find their hope in Jesus. In this recent interview, I heard her talk about how she wakes up in pain and she has a lot of trouble sleeping at night. She can't move her own body to try to make herself more comfortable, and she often doesn't want to wake up her husband yet again, only to ask him to shift the weight. So she described how she prays for others in the night. She sings psalms back to God. She meditates on scripture and recites passages to herself and to the Lord. She makes prayer a priority. C.S. Lewis has said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. I can attest to this quote in my own life. When Taylor was so ill, the pain shouted at me to talk to God, sometimes in anger, sometimes in grief and sorrow, sometimes in love. 
but I prioritized prayer because it seemed the only way to exist. I confess to you now that while our family is enduring other issues and complications, none are life and death at the moment. Pain is not currently blanketing our home with a cloudy thickness on a moment-by-moment basis. And because that kind of pressing pain is absent, it would be so easy to let the busyness of this season prevent me from prioritizing prayer. What I have been taught by the Lord in my life is that I don't have to have desperate circumstances in my life to know that I'm desperate for God. I can do nothing without Him. I need Him with all my heart. If you read my prayer journal today, you would see the words over and over, Jesus, I need you. In today's passage, the psalmist says, I call with all my heart. Answer me, Lord. I call out to you, save me. I rise before dawn and cry for help. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night. He is sharing that no matter the moment, whether it's one of urgency, one of pain, the morning or the night, he knows that his communication with the Heavenly Father is priority. Whether in a season of pain or struggle with prioritizing, I've been asking God to keep me humble, to help me to be as desperate for Him without pain as I am in pain, to be persistent in my prayers to Him no matter the form of the urgencies of life, whether pain or prioritization. The psalmist reminds us in the closing verses of this section, Yet you are near, Lord. All your commands are true. Long ago, I learned from your statutes that you established them to last forever. May the prayers I prayed at the bedside of my dying daughter continue to be the prayers I pray for each day. God, I need you every hour of every day from a moment that I wake up until I rest my head on the pillow again. May my heart seek to be in communion with you. Amen. Each week I conclude this episode with a segment called On My Desk. And this week on my desk, I have the In His Presence Bible Reading Plan and Journal that complements our Community Bible Reading Challenge for May. You may recognize that today's reading is Psalm 119, 145 through 152. If you're asking how you can experience the presence of God, You may want to print this journal at home or mark it up on your your device. You will find it at rachelwojo.com forward slash shop. Don't miss 31 days of Prayers for the Heart prayer cards also at the shop, as well as tons of free resources at rachelwojo.com, including prayer journals, Bible reading plans, and more. Thanks so much for listening today. Until next time. God sees you and knows your need. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon.
Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.